and we are back. This is the Fat Packs Podcast, and I am your host, Eric Norton. What is going on, everybody? We're here for 2019. We made it. We made it. This is our first show of 2019. Uh, Obviously, you know that I have been absent. I was in the hospital. I'll get to that a little bit later, but we got some changes coming up here uh, that we need to let you know uh, about. First of all, is that we have some sponsorship opportunities available. In fact, if you would like to be considered for a sponsorship or you would like more information about a sponsorship, please email me and let me know, uh, ericn at beckett.com, and I will put you in contact with the right people. Uh, we have some great packages uh, available for 2019 that will that include uh, the National, the Summit, um, we have the, the rookie photo shoot that, that you could be a part of and here right here on the fat packs uh, we definitely would love uh, your love and support so uh, if you if you are interested in that at all please email me again eric n e r i c n at beckett.com and i will put you in contact with the correct people to get you started on that all right guys uh man i'm so happy to be here uh, true story almost died <laughs> almost died uh because of the uh the infection i had in my leg uh so the if you don't know if you if you're joining the show for the first time or or you you just missed me and, and wanted to know what was up i, I kind of stayed off social media a little bit but um what happened is uh i i had an ingrown hair right near my groin and uh it it turned into an infection and then it turned it it grew it went down my leg almost to my knee and uh that really wasn't the problem i mean it sucked it was part of the problem but the problem is is i'm a diabetic and i wasn't taking care of myself so when i checked into the hospital uh my blood sugar was like 326 or 330 or something like that like i just what my body was not healing at all so this infection that was in my leg uh was absolutely like i could have died from it because uh, I just I wasn't taking care of myself. Uh, I, I know that sounds strange. I've probably I know you've probably never heard of somebody uh, near death because of an ingrown hair, but let me be the first here to tell you that it is totally possible for that to happen. And uh, to diabetics out there, uh, people on the on the spectrum that are you know are, are pre-diabetic or whatever, God, please take care of yourself, man. I, I learned a hard lesson uh, during over the Christmas season uh, about about taking care of yourself and diabetes and. Uh, I gotta, I gotta make a lot of changes. So I'm, I'm going to do my best and, and to do the, to make those changes. So, uh, I can be here for my family. I can be here for, for you guys. Cause I really, I really missed, uh, I really missed this a little bit and that's going to be contrary to what we're going to be talking about later, but like I missed just coming in here and, and doing this. Uh, so I'm here now I'm, I'm happy to be back in 2019. Uh, thank you everybody for your love and support. And uh, all the well wishes and prayers you sent my way, I really appreciate that. I felt them. I am uh, on my way to recovery <clears throat> and healing. Excuse me. I had a. I had. <coughs> excuse me. I don't have a cough button here, so sorry about that. I had a. Uh, I had a tube. I had a drainage tube in my leg until this Monday, and that was removed. So now I'm just waiting for the incisions to heal, and I should be back to 100% very, very soon. I feel that way, anyways. Uh, now I just gotta uh, maintain the uh, maintain my health and not go off the rails. Um, all right, that's that. Thank you again for for your prayers and your well wishes. But here we are, 2019. Let's get things moving. Uh, Want to uh, go back and thank you all for the, your votes for at the end of the year Hobby Awards. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry that I missed that show. Uh, I just I couldn't do it. I was all drugged up and 
and uh, not able to communicate very well. But uh, I want to thank Rob and, uh, of course, Ivan for for battening down the hatches and 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 carrying it forward. And I want to thank you all again for for voting the Fat Packs podcast as the the top rated po- hobby podcast. So uh, I was I'm told it was a landslide. I'm, I'm not bragging, but thank you very much for that. And but there are some other good shows out there that you need to be checking out as well. So please uh, make sure that you're doing that. But always come back home right here on Thursdays uh, with the Fat Packs. And also, uh, you hear just my voice. Eldar is not here. Uh, he's no longer with Beckett. I'm not sure of all the details there, but he he has made the decision to to move on. So, for the time being, you're gonna get yours truly, and that's fine with me. Let's uh, let's just keep this <clears throat> keep this thing rolling. I know that some of you are gonna miss the comic book side of things, but uh, we'll see what we can do to to help fill that. All right, let's get into uh, new products and new pricing, man. New products. We have a pretty pretty nice week here on uh, on new the new product side of things. Some some high end stuff, some low end stuff, and some mid range stuff all coming out this week. That I think you uh, should pique somebody's interest somewhere, right? I'm going to start with uh, 1819 Upper Deck Trilogy Hockey. Great thing here. No redemptions in this. That's all live cards. So that's that's amazing. Uh, 2018 Panini Dominion Basketball. That's on your high end of stuff. Make sure that you're checking that out. We got some huge hits in that. This is probably my favorite product of the year uh, so far. 2018 Leaf Legends of Wrestling. Love Legends of Wrestling. Uh, I love the way that Leaf puts it together. This is a great, great set uh, for me personally. So I hope that you enjoy it. 2018 Leaf Ultimate Draft Baseball. That is just that's got. If you love retro 90s stuff, that's your that's your set. 2018 Panini Contenders Football, that is out. Everybody knows that the autographs that you want right now before National Treasures is Panini Contenders, so go check those. 2018 Super Break Football Bars and Buybacks, 20th Anniversary Edition. And, of course, 2018, I'm sorry, is it 2019? Let me look. I'm I'm getting my words all wrong here. 2019 WWE Road to WrestleMania. That is out as well. And then all the 2018-19 Parkhurst team sets are out. 20, yeah, 2019 Tops WWE Road to WrestleMania is out. And the 2018-19 Parkhurst, Parkhurst team sets are out. Uh, speaking of that, let's go on over to the new pricing. Man, I feel like we had a ton of it. I'm going to catch up here on what I, I think that we got. 2018, oh, I'm sorry, that I think that I missed while I was out. 2018 Tops Bowman Holiday is now priced. Um, 2018 Star Wars Finest is priced. 2018 Tops Dynasty is priced. 2018 <clears throat> 2018 Star Wars Galaxy, Star Trek Enterprise Series One, and Star and the Walking Dead autograph collection are all now priced. And then finally, last but not least, 2018 Bowman Draft is also priced. Uh, in your OPG, go check them out for that. All right, man, let's move on. Our guys and girls, I said, man, let's move on to our interview segment. We are talking burnout this week uh, with my friend Ken Kinsley, who is feeling a little bit, a little bit of hobby burnout, and I think it's something that uh, I think it's commonplace. We just don't really talk about it. So um, I, I wanted to sit down with Ken and get his thoughts, see why it's happening, but it is happening with him. And what what he's doing to correct it, and maybe why it's happening, and things he'll uh, he'll look forward in the future in the hobby too. But uh, 
it's it's an interesting conversation. I hope you enjoy it. On the other end, we're going to come come right back for a little Beckett whatevs, and I'll give you a little breakdown on about this giveaway we're going to give give out this Carl Edwards uh, autograph number to 25. I'll tell you how to enter and what you need to do to try to win that. So you guys hang tight, and we'll be right back with Mr. Ken Kinsley. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Christy Petrillo from Figures Toy Company, and you're listening to the Fatbacks on Beckett Radio. All right, guys, joining us now for our first interview of 2019. Uh, and I, I really I couldn't think of a better way to start it than with my good friend, Mr. Ken Kinsley. Uh, we're going to talk burnout. Uh, burnout in the hobby is something that I think that we all experience, then, but we're going to get into that because I, I saw a tweet recently from Ken that he was, he was just not into collecting r- right now, and I totally understand it because if I'm being completely honest with, with, uh, with you guys out there, there are some times that I get into work and I'm like, I, I just – I don't want to do this right now. And I think that everybody can f- relate that to their job, but into a hobby that we all love, it's uh, it's a little more interesting. But we'll, we'll get into that conversation with Ken right now. Ken, how are you doing, sir? How, what's up, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for that very kind introduction of, you know, not a better way to start off the year. I, I might disagree and some others might, but I appreciate it. Well, you're my buddy, man. I, so, I mean, you you actually you know I know I know. When I was in the hospital, you came and saw me. I really appreciated that. That was uh that was really I cool. I did wanted to just wanted to poke my head in, see how everything was going. Glad to see that uh, things are getting getting back to normal there. Well, thank you very much. It's uh like like I I put it out on Twitter earlier. I had the tube that was in my re- my leg removed on Monday of this week, so I'm getting back to normal. My wife says it looks like I where my incisions are. It looks like I have two little buttholes on my leg. That's what she told me. I was like, thanks, Megan. That's what I, really what I wanted to know. <laughs> but, uh, man, let's, let's get you know, me- you know, we're good friends and all, but I probably could have lived without that little piece of information. I'm sure but you I'm sure you could have. You sure you could have. <laughs> all right, man, you, you're a no stranger to this show. You've, you've been on uh, more than a handful of times. You, you've co-hosted with me. And, uh, again, I would call you a friend because you are my friend. But but just for, for new listeners or, or somebody coming to the show for the first time, please just for the sake of conversation, let, let them know how, what, how long you've been in the hobby and kind of what brought you into the hobby and collecting. So I have been collecting for 32 years. That's a long time. And I, I just can't even, you know, and something I was going to mention real quick as I say that, um, I was thinking about it when you, you know, after you messaged me yesterday and, you know, talked about chatting, you often talk about, you talk a lot with folks on here who collect and they talk about that they took their time off and you always kind of make that joke, you know, was it a girl that, you know, was it girls that made you do that? Right. But I never really took a break. There were some lean years, which was due to either, you know, a lack of income, you know, especially straight out of college or a lack of time, you know, other things like that. But I truly have never really stopped collecting, though I've gone through multiple card purges and all of that. But, yeah, so I've been collecting for 32 years, which is uh, more than three-quarters of my life. So, I mean, when you hear 32 years, I guess, you know, you never think you're as old as you are. You never feel as old as you actually are. Mm-hmm. And when I hear somebody collecting for 30 years, I assume they're like 60 years old. Sure. That makes sense, yeah. But I'm not. I've been collecting since. Uh, so what it was was Christmas 1986. My uncle gave me a hand-collated 1986 top set. There you go. And it just went from there. Uh, 
I don't even remember. I don't even remember that much about how I got it. I just know it was different because when you're at that point, I was about to be seven years old. No, about to be eight years old. You, you know, you're pretty much just getting toys for Christmas. Correct. Yeah. Toys, and of course, your parents are throwing clothes in there and things like that. But I remember thinking of how different this was, and that I really didn't know what it was. Um, but also, I was so young that I really don't remember a lot else kind of surrounding it. But I know that you know it was there, and it's really a part of who I am because I've never really stopped doing it for over thirty years now. So that leads to my next question. I was going to ask you, how did you feel when you first got introduced? I mean, Christmas Day is a great day to get baseball cards on, right? No doubt. But, like, this was something new to you. So, like, being seven years old, what do you remember any of the emotions that you were having like, other than what is this? I mean, because it's, it's kind of something new and creative that, that you haven't seen before. Yeah, I don't know. I can't really sit here and say that I remember how I felt, but I can kind of, just from context clues or knowing what I know in the past, I probably found it really cool because they were from my uncle, who unfortunately uh, passed away within the last year. Um, And, you know, I know that I can remember enough to remember being down. He lived in Alabama. We were in West Virginia. So I can remember being down there before and seeing all the stuff that he had, and it was cool that I actually kind of had my own i'm sure that i felt that because obviously i liked the obviously i liked the gift or i wouldn't have continued collecting cards you know and starting and being pretty serious you know as as an eight-year-old of course of course so with that being said and i don't want to assume here but you are you, you did grow up in west virginia what were like the trading options for you? How did you add to your collection? Were there were there shops around for you to to buy from? Or did you go to the local store or something to pick up packs? Well, you're talking there. You're talking '87 would have been the first year that I truly collected. Hence my love for 1987 tops. You know, sure, man. Everybody's love for '87 that, tops. That, <laughs> that's it. Everybody loves it unless they really hate it. Right. <laughs> There's no middle ground. And those people. But anyway, are yeah. You're talking about, you know, you're getting, you're already into the baseball card boom. So there was a little, like, um, community grocery store that my mom found, and he was a card collector, the owner. So he also sold cards. He sold packs, but he'd also have, he had a little spot in the back of a store where he sold singles and stuff like that. So, for example, my first big card I ever had was a 1980 Topps Ricky Henderson that honestly would grade a PSA 1. Oh, wow. But, you know, I was probably like eight, nine years old, but that was the coolest thing ever. And I still have that card to this day. You know, but, can um, I stop you right there? 1980 Ricky Henderson. I just got that card this year. That The very first time I ever owned that card was 2018 into 2019. And it was a gift. I didn't even buy it. <laughs> well, and that's something great about card collecting is that's what I think a lot of the guys my age are doing is, you know, we're picking up cards we never had before. For example, on Com C, I bought a couple weeks ago an 86 uh, Donruss Jose Canseco-rated rookie. It's the first one I've ever owned. Well, there you go. Very nice. So, you know, same thing, and I think that's what a lot of us are doing. Sure. But, yeah, going back to where we were. So, yeah, there were those options there. Um, but also, you know, you could find them at the grocery. Uh, I could get 87 Tops, 87, I don't know, what would it be, Donruss. 87 Donruss, I had a lot of those, and I built a lot of those sets because my mom would go after, go on payday, and she always bought me 
from a local wholesaler, she bought me one box of Donruss. So I ended up with probably like six or seven boxes throughout the baseball season before they sold out. But yeah, I could get just individual packs at the grocery. That's how I had probably a 3,200 count box full of 88 Donruss at that point. So it really wasn't that hard. Um, and then as things, as things got, you know, as the boom got a little bit bigger, there were multiple card shops in my town. I mean, it was only like a town of like 35, 30, 35,000 people without the college students. But there were still multiple shops, you know, throughout my youth and teenage years. I even wrote about that on my website. I kind of went back and looked at some of the places where they were, and, you know, there's no card shops there now. But at that time, you know, I grew, you know, I was growing up and started collecting in that quote-unquote golden age of quote-unquote junk wax. Of course. So it was available. What about trading? What did you guys, did you have local kids that you traded with or anything like that? You know, we did a little, I can remember a little bit in elementary school. I remember one of the big things was the, uh, the first year I started really paying attention to football was uh, the WVU Mountaineers went undefeated, went to the Fiesta Bowl to play Notre Dame, and there was the the local hospital did a card set of the players, and I remember those were heavily traded, and then a couple years later the Marvel cards were heavily traded, and I got into those um, because everybody else was trading them. But there were a couple of kids that collected baseball cards, and we trade a little, but really not a whole lot. And then as I got into junior high, you know, more schools went together, so I had more kids. And there were a few that traded cards, you know, maybe through seventh or eighth grade, and then that was it. It was pretty much just, you know, acquiring through packs or buying singles or whatever the case may be of course of course now let's fast forward man i want to fast forward all the way to 2014 because this is about the time that you and i first came into contact together we met each other at a card show uh but we had spoken briefly before then uh over social media and you were working on the andrew shaw project and about a year after that he was actually traded from the from the blackhawks to montreal and that collection seemed to hit hit, hit a wall it came to a halt um, I think this is also the first time I seem to remember that uh, there were there being some kind of collecting fatigue with modern cards with you. What happened there? Can you explain that for me? Yeah, you know, exactly as you said. I got back into hockey. Um, it was after the Hawks won their first cup. Um, they won three in five years or whatever. So by promise I'm not bandwagon. I even have a high school photo, senior photo of me in a Blackhawks uniform. But I, you know, lost bragging, it for a while. Got bragging. back into it. First game I watched was Andrew Shaw's first game. He had two thirds of the Gordie Howe hat trick. He had a goal and he had a fight. And I just, I don't know. I just kind of took to it, like the way he played, and just started collecting them. And became a, you know, basically a player super collector, which I had done in the past as a as a kid and a teenager. You know, it was easier because there were less cards. You didn't have eBay and things like that, but there were less cards. So I've done it before with guys like Dale Murphy, Will Clark. I collected Bob Sura in basketball. I collected Jeremy Roenick. So it wasn't a new thing to me. And, you know, it was one of those things where his first NHL card hadn't even come out yet when I saw that game because of the hockey. And, you know, you can't have a card until you play the game. And I went... He ended up having a 
a Young Guns canvas card in Series 2, but he didn't have a regular Young Guns. I went to the card show. I was at a card show in Indianapolis and bought one box, and I was joking with the guy who I bought. You know, I bought cards, plenty of cards off of him before. I was like, yeah, I'm really only looking for one card, man. It'd be great if I hit it. But the odds were like, you know, canvas were like 1 in 96, and then there were like 50 canvas cards. So the odds were, you know, against me. But I literally pulled that Andrew Shaw Young Guns canvas, and I was already acquiring his stuff, but it was just kind of on from there. Sure. And did that for years. And, I mean, you know, spent spent way more money than I could get out of them now because I still have pretty much everything. I've gotten rid of some of the multiples, but I still have, and I still haven't actually broken it up yet. Um, but yeah, you know, you're looking on eBay multiple times a day. You have searches. You're doing a lot of those things that if, if people have heard, you know, Sander talk about his Jose Canseco collection mm-hmm. and the looking at your phone constantly and looking at eBay, I was doing the same things. I, I was right where he was. I was just doing it on a player that you know, it probably cost me less to buy his cards than Jose Canseco. Sure. Because you know, Canseco. But yeah, after you said, you know, you said after he got traded, I just kind of lost, you know, it, was, it wasn't it was just that he let, got traded. He also got traded to a team that I really don't care for and a team that's not easy for me to follow. If he'd gotten traded to the Stars down here in Dallas, this, still, this thing still could be going. Sure. It would be different. But he went to Canada, and he went to a team that I don't particularly care for. So it just it just hurt it. And I think all of that, you know, combined with some other things, um, as I've gotten older, in my earlier adult job world, I worked with sports for almost, you know, for more than a decade, for about 12 years. So you always kind of had to follow sports. But now that I've been, I was getting removed from that. I was working in something that wasn't sports-related. I realized I also realized I wasn't following sports as much and I didn't love modern sports as much. So I think that maybe had a little bit to do with that fatigue as well. But I do feel like that first fatigue, like you said, it's funny that you remember that, but I, I recall that that first fatigue was pretty much after he got traded. I collected the, the Canadian stuff for about a year and I just wasn't into it. It was literally just. Oh, I'm going to go look on eBay. There it is. I buy it. I'm not even excited about it anymore. It was and if like I remember you like this was kind of the introduction to Upper Deck EPAC too, and you like you were even searching through that stuff, and that kind of just seemed to slow down as well. Like just the whole modern feel of collecting, kind of if I if if it's fair to say, kind of just turned you off a little bit. And I think that it's somewhere we've all been because it it, it can consume your life like you were talking about it really can it, it really can and, and there's you know there's a mul- there's so many things that potentially go into the fatigue and you know it you have the like i said i was kind of losing interest in sports just in general sure so there's one part of it um you know as you said we met and or we started to you know, we chatted through social media starting about 2014. Well, that's when I moved to Texas. And I moved here to be with my girlfriend, now fiance, who I will get married to in less than three weeks. But I've pretty much been a guy that was pretty much single my adult life. I mean, I dated and all that. But, you know, other than one serious girlfriend, you know, I was 
kind of single. So I didn't have a lot of other things going on. But now, you know, it got to where I just, I'd rather spend time with her than spend three hours on eBay. I, or yeah, I can completely eBay or whatever, you know, whatever other options, whatever sites, um, you know, and that even goes to, you know, some of my blogging slowing down, you know, it takes an app, you know, it takes two hours to write a blog post. Well, that's two hours I'm not spending with her and, you know, not to get all mushy, but you know, there's nobody in my life more important to me than her. And I'm taking every minute I spend on that is a minute I'm taking away from her. And that's just not the way that. It's, I just don't enjoy it. I understand. Yeah, I understand that completely. With, uh, I think that there's a lot of us out there that can relate to that. That have you know, that have kids or you know a significant other. How can we never hear an insignificant other? How come we're like, yeah, this is Sheila. She's great. She kind of she makes a good meatloaf, but I don't know why I keep her around. We just always have these significant others. You know, that's kind of funny. Um, so you made a change of pace here, though. You you, you switched to vintage collecting. What were some of those first vintage sets that you kind of honed, honed in on and uh, and sunk your teeth into? Yeah, I think my move to that was probably about three years ago. And as I had said, you know, I kind of, after I left one of my jobs, I had played fan, in a keeper fantasy baseball league for, you know, like seven or eight years. Well, I discovered once I wasn't playing fantasy baseball, I really don't care that much about baseball anymore. It, it kind of bores me. And then I was discovering, well, I'm really not into football. Well, then I got down here, and she and I both enjoyed hockey, so I still had love for hockey. Um, but now that it's more about, you know, I, we've talked about it, like we think that for us it was kind of a bonding thing because of the way I moved down here quickly. But now that we have other things, that hockey love isn't as strong, so I think that kind of killed the modern thing. What I do still have a passion for and love is the Indianapolis 500 and IndyCar racing, and somehow, and I can't remember what the trigger was, somehow I started finding out about vintage racing card sets revolving around the Indy 500, so I started focusing a little bit more on those and looking for those, and then over time, it kind of turned into me liking the vintage, you know, vintage baseball because I'm a fan of the history of the game. I'm just necessarily, I don't necessarily enjoy watching the game now. And same thing with football. You know, I appreciate the history and love the history. So collecting those cards and then, you know, it started to turn into even going further back into the pre-war. And so, you know, now I, I say I acquire, you know, I've got about, 5055 T206 cards. Um, and I just, you know, it got to where I was enjoying those a little bit more. But even recently, you know, in the last couple of months, I'm just even really not enjoying that as much. So it's that's yeah, that's where we ended up now here, you know, we're well we're we're just kind of kind of blase with you right now and, and I don't mean that towards you, but just that's how you're feeling towards the hobby. And, I, and like I said, I noticed you tweeted out the other day. You just, you're just not into it. And, I mean, a lot of different factors could go in that. You've said a lot of things here in the last 20 minutes that, that I could point out to that I can definitely relate to. But, I mean, this is commonplace, I think. And it's just not discussed much in the hobby. Would you agree with that, though? Or do you, do you maybe feel it's just changes in your life that, that have led you to this point? I actually, yeah, I do. I think it's just changes in my life. And what, I, like I said, you know, going back to some of the things I've said earlier, not enjoying the current sports as much. So 
if you're not enjoying the current sports necessarily or following them, why are you collecting modern sports cards? Um, just wanting to put less time into it uh, because I would rather spend the time with my bride-to-be. Um, you know, it's a personal choice. Um, she in no way, and you know this because you know her, she in no way has ever said anything about negative about my collecting. She encourages mm-hmm. it. She has no problem when I go to a card show. It's all me. It's got nothing to do with her. Um, you know, but everybody looks at things differently. And going to what you said about it being commonplace, you know, I, I've had it multiple times. I've kind of had that fatigue in the past. And, you know, and I even said on the tweet that you're referring to, it feels a little different this time. It feels a little more like, you know, a serious change is coming. I've gotten rid of a lot of cards over the last handful of years. Um, but yeah, I don't, and I don't see myself like getting rid of everything, but it does feel different. And I do think it's commonplace, like you said, because I've had a lot of people on Twitter reach out and say the same thing. They've said, yeah, I've been there. Um, you know, it's one of those things, like you said, it's not talked about and nobody will criticize you if you say that, but you will get a lot of support because people have been there, you know, been there, done that. And they are more than happy to say, hey, I felt this way, and this is what I did. You know, did you think about this, or did you try this? Every response I got via social media or anywhere else has been nothing but positive and constructive. That's that's interesting to me. Um, I know that this is a, a really niche hobby, right, and it's it's – almost cliche in some points because you have guys our age who are coming back into it now collecting things that they didn't or buying up things that they didn't have when they were kids or they got they sold when they were kids i i promise you if you look at the market today that's a probably good 10 to 15 percent of the market where guys are just going and buying the the 86 bo jackson xrc or the 87 bo jackson rookie you know or it's the 80 Ricky Henderson rookie. It's, it's all over the place. Um, or guys trying to chase down that 79, 80 Wayne Gretzky rookie. It's, it's those 10 to 15% of the market is, is that I really do believe that with that being said, guys who are in it and who have been in it for 32 years, like yourself, or, you know, guys who've been in it for 40 years or 50 years, I think they have, they hit a wall and they don't talk much about it. And then they wind up, uh, here where you are where you're like i'm just not into it right now and i get it for a guy who works in sports who works in the industry man i I was kind of joking earlier but like sometimes i sometimes i come into work and i'm like i just i just don't want to do this right now i'm I'm just not into i'm not into series one upper deck And, and it's not anything that upper deck did it's just that i've seen so much of it for the last you know well since november when it came out i'm just i'm how many, how many Elias, Elias Patterson cards can you price? It's, it's, it's all the same. Um, with, with that being said, what are some things that you're trying to do that you, you're trying to back off? I know that, but you're trying to back off. So what are you trying to do? What are you hoping to see that will bring you, maybe rejuvenate that, that spark for you? Well, a couple of things based on what you just said, and I can relate to what you're even saying with, the work because I've been there as well. When I worked in one of my old jobs, I uh, the company I worked with became the official trackside and online retailer of IndyCar. Well, I've mentioned IndyCar earlier in this. I went and asked, hey, can I be put on this team? I want to do this. I love this stuff. 
and we did it for two years, and I did it and lived it and breathed it day in and day out, was at races, was working inside it, and, man, I was burnt out. And when it was over, I didn't even want to watch. I didn't even care about IndyCar that next season. I was just over it. I was burnt out on it. Sometimes working in something you love does cause that burnout, and I even think about that sometimes when I daydream about opening a card shop someday. You know, yeah. when your job becomes your love becomes your job, and there, you know, there's that gray area. It's tough. So I definitely see what you're saying from there. But you made another good point. You were talking about the guys my age, you know, and collecting, going back and buying. You know, you mentioned the Bo Jackson or the Jose Canseco's. That's where I still think a bit of that love that I do have is it's it's the pure nostalgia. It's the pure, I'm just going to collect it to have it because I can look, I can open this box if I buy a graded one, it's in a box, if it's in a binder. I can look through this binder and these cards that are in here, they evoke a memory for me. Okay, yeah, makes sense. And to me, that's what it's about. Just even, uh, there's a blogger, Night Owl Cards, he posted a couple days ago about 95 Fleer, and he hates 95 Fleer. And it's very, it's almost as, uh, it's almost very 87 tops, and there are sides on each of them. And I started thinking, I really like those. And they did those, this is back when all the manufacturers had all the licenses, and they kind of used a similar design, Fleer did, in baseball, basketball, football, and hockey. Sure. I was like, maybe I should go buy some boxes and, and collect these, because I love these sets. And I was all gung-ho about it for about 36 hours, and I woke up this morning and was laying in bed, and I'm thinking, what the heck am I thinking? Sure. It's not really going to evoke that, you know, that core nostalgia. So I was gung-ho about it, and maybe it's part of the burnout, but I was just, I just, I asked myself, what were you thinking? Why would you go do this? I understand, man. I understand. So let's let's wrap this up, man. I told you I wouldn't keep you uh, much longer than twenty minutes, and I, I want to keep my word to you. So, where do where do you think where do you think you go from? Are you taking a break? Are you calling? Are you going to have a card purge, or are you just going to back off and and see what happens? Yeah, I think I'm just you know just gonna just gonna play it cool. I don't. I enjoy. I enjoy and I hate, <laughs> uh, you know, interacting with other collectors on social media. And I sure. say hate because we all know that there are those people that just drive you, you know, drive you up a wall. Right. But, you know, no, I don't see myself ever leaving. And it's hard to say that I would have a card purge because, to be honest, I've purged so much of what I have that most of what I have right now I have for a reason. It evokes that memory or, you know, I kind of have a shelf on my of unopened wax of I've got like three boxes of 88 Donruss. Well, I want to open those and put that set back together again for nostalgia. So I don't really see myself getting, you know, getting out of it. And I was a little lean on social media for a few weeks and now I've gotten a little bit more back into it. Um, but I don't, I don't see my incoming mail days being anywhere near what they were before. And I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. I'm happy with that. You know, I've even said before on social media that sometimes I can go to a card show and I can walk, I have walked out of card shows, not purchased a thing, and I've been happy about it. So, yeah, it's that social media break, man. I was, you know, you, you know this and the, the, the hobby knows this. I was down for about three weeks and 
that social media break was glorious. I can't tell you how refreshing it was. And I think just as a collector, maybe that's something I'm going to do is, is kind of back off and not spend so much time on social media. Cause really that's where like I get irked the most out of, out of, uh, out of the hobby is just seeing the stupidity sometimes that just flows on social media. Does that make sense? No, it actually absolutely makes sense. Um, you know, some of the other things that have frustrated me, you know, you just, the company's, you know, pumping out one thing after another. Uh, if you're in the Twitter card community, I mean, the last couple of days, I mean, we've just had a couple of, you know, relatively well-known uh, tweeters, tweeters, twitterers, uh, whatever you want to say, going back and forth and it's just it gets burnout you know and during the holidays i saw guys tweeting hey i need to buy presents for my family so i need to sell these cards and it just right it kind of angers me and it kind of rubs me the wrong way and it saddens me all at the same time it's like uh you know maybe maybe you should chill out on the cards a little bit if that's a thing there's nothing wrong with that you know it is what it is, and I'm, I want you to provide for your family. But that, that I, I see a lot of that. I think around the holidays, and I do think that kind of gets to me every year because I do feel that you know I, I kind of feel this way a little bit at least this yeah. time or in November, December every year, and maybe that's part of it too. Yeah, uh, I'm going to make one quick point, and then we're going to get out of here. Like, so the Upper Deck CDC is going on right now out in uh, California. And last night they had a great event, and they had uh, the great one, Mr. Wayne Gretzky, in the house as their guest, which is really cool. I logged into social media this morning, and the first – I'm not even lying. The first six pictures I saw were people that I know standing with Wayne, Gret- Wayne Gretzky. And I'm like, this is just pandering at this point. If you, If you – I mean, it's a great event. I get it. But your your big get that these people paid a lot of money to go to is to shake hands with Wayne Gretzky. I don't know that I just it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and I don't I didn't like it. I just didn't like it. Yeah, I mean it's not. I don't I don't know that maybe I see it like you do, but you know how it is. There's so many things going on in the hobby that not everybody's going to look at it the same way. But yeah, I can definitely understand the feeling of there are a lot of times, and I guess maybe what I think of is when I see a new set come out and I feel like that's all I see. The first 10 tweets I see are all about X, Y, Z product and, you know, kind of get the same way. Yeah. I get you. All right, man, we're going to get you out of here. Thank you for your time today. Uh, let our guys know who, who might not be following you, where to find you on Twitter and social media. Yeah, you can find me. I, I feel like I'm pretty much everywhere active more places than others, but, uh, most active on Twitter. You can get me at beans, B card blog, um, I just love the tweet about, you know, I share a lot of blogs. Um, I have a big blog role, like to share things that I think other people would like to read. I like to talk about the hobby. I like to, you know, interact and I like to share a lot of cute dog pictures and videos and stuff too. So if you don't like dogs, you know, maybe I'm not your follow, but anyway, you can also find me on, uh, just on the internet at beansballcardblog.com. And if you're into YouTube, uh, Beans Ball Card blog on there. I haven't posted any content in a while, but you know, hope to get back to that here maybe sometime not too shortly after the wedding. Not too shortly. All right. Shortly uh, after the wedding. Shortly after the wedding. Is what I mean. There you anyway, go. Anyway, yeah. 
any of that. I just, I, I do love cards. Even if I have some burnout, it doesn't mean in my collecting, it doesn't mean I want to totally get away from it. And I do love to interact. Awesome. You guys uh, go check them out. Shout out to Crystal. Uh, congratulations on your soon to be nuptials to the both of you. Uh, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you both, man. Uh, knowing you both, I, I'm happy for you both. And, uh, here's to many, many blessed and happy years, uh, as a wedded couple. Well, I outkicked my coverage. So as long as she doesn't realize that there will be, there will be plenty of them. <laughs> All right. You guys hang tight and we'll be right back. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to the Fat Pack. All right, guys, Ken Kinsley, if you need him. Uh, love having him on. Uh, that's my buddy. Uh, we we talk often. We, we don't see each, see each other as much as I would like, but uh, we talk often about the hobby and just about life, and uh, I hope that he brought to light some perspective to you about burnout. Uh, if you guys have experienced burnout, let me know, man. I, I really want to know. I think it's like, again, I think it's commonplace. We just don't talk about it. So, uh, if you, if you've experienced burnout, uh, that's, that's how we're going to win this card. This, this Carl Edwards autograph. If you experienced burnout, reply to the thread when it's posted, to, with, with, with the, um, with the show art in the, in the card, reply to the thread. Tell, tell me about why, why you experienced burnout. And then we'll put hashtag, Hashtag fat packs burnout and we'll uh, we'll get you entered for this card and we will pick a winner next week uh, on our show for for the car Ed, Carl Edwards autograph. It's number 25. It's got a piece of sheet metal on it as well. Uh, thank you to Panini for hooking us up with some Panini Prime and uh, we were able to give that away to you guys. All right, let's move on to a little Beckett whatevs. I uh, got some things I want to talk about. First of all. I saw from from Upper Deck at the CDC conference that uh, they're going to start having uh, Nico Heischer and uh, I believe it was Jack Eichel autographs in their products now. That is crazy to me. Um, I believe, obviously, that either their their um, their contracts with Leaf have ran out, or maybe there was a buyout there or something. I'm not sure all the details on that, but uh, it's. They're coming to Upper Deck, so for you, for you guys that are looking for those Upper Deck autographs from from Heischer and Eichel, that you'll see them soon. I believe they'll be in SP Authentic. Uh, will be the first products that they'll be available in. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the, how the hobby reacts to this, and I think it's going to be in a positive way for for you hockey collectors. But that's just me. Uh, we'll have to see how it bears out. Now, uh, also from the, there's a lot of big news, a lot of big news about products coming out from Upper Deck in the coming uh, coming year that is being tweeted. Go check out the Upper Deck uh, Twitter handle or any of the any of the guys that are uh, are there at the, <laughs> at the event, and they will definitely fill you in on those. Mike Stame Sports Cards is one that I know that is there and absolutely killing it on his uh, social media feed. Uh, Rob Varis is out there as well, and I've seen some uh, tweets and social media interaction from him. Again, I said earlier in the interview that you know the first eight, six or seven pictures that I saw this morning on 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 uh, social media were people with Wayne Gretzky. That's that's a big get, but again, it, it felt like pandering to me. Uh, however, I get the point of it. You know that that's it's the great one, and, and if you have an opportunity to to meet to meet Wayne Gretzky, who was a surprise guest, by the way, uh, I guess that's a pretty cool situation. So congratulations to those guys who are out there doing that. I think believe the tops event is next, and then we will be having the the industry summit coming up later in the year. 
that's that. I also wanted to point out this. Uh, I don't know if you guys are watching this or even seen it. There's a kid who, in his lunch money change, found a 1942 penny. I believe it might have been 49. Let me. I want to make sure that I get it right. But anyways, this thing has the possibility to catch a lot of money at auction. Um, I know that we don't talk coin collecting a, a lot here on uh, on the Fat Packs. It, it is a it is a segment of the hobby, and uh, t- I've told you before that it's really where all the money in the hobby is is, is coin collecting because the stuff that they sell uh, at coin shows will make your jaw drop. It's it's we're we're like cards are like pennies on the dollar. No no pun intended there, but it's absolutely insane the stuff that I've seen sold it. At card shows or at or coin shows, but I want to I want to make sure I get this right because I saw this and I was just absolutely stunned by it. This kid pays. There it is. This kid pays for his lunch and gets some change back, and it <clears throat> has rare penny rare penny found and boys chain lunch money could fetch up to one point seven million dollars. That is an insane amount of money for a penny. Um, let me let me dig a little deeper into this post is on geek.com and it's by Stephanie Valerea and this is a this is a nice one 1943 copper lincoln cent is described as the most famous coin made in error a rare 43 copper lincoln cent found by a massachusetts teenager and his change after he paid for lunch at a school cafeteria is expected to fetch up to 1.7 million dollars when it is auctioned off the coin produced accidentally by the u.s mint has been described as the most famous coin made in era according to heritage auctions in 1942 pennies were supposed to be struck from steel in order to conserve copper for shelling shell casings telephone wire and other wartime necessities however a small number of bronze blanks were caught in the in the mint's presses and were struck into pennies in in the new year the resulting copper cents were lost in the flood of millions of steel cents escaped detection by the mint's quality control measures and quality and quietly slipped into circulation wow it is also believed only 20 of the rare coins were made one teen 16 year old coin collector don lotus jr of pittsfield massachusetts found one in his change he got after buying a lunch at a school cafeteria in march of 1947 at that time it was falsely reported the car magnet Henry Ford would give a new car to anyone who could give him one of these rare 43 copper pennies. Lutus contacted the Ford Motor, Co- Ford Motor Company, but was told the rumor was false. He also contacted the Treasury Department about his find, and the Mint steadfastly denied any copper specimens had been struck in 1943. Wow. So not only does the... Well, get that. The government's lying to you about, that, about something. Huh. Imagine that. Lotus died in September last year. And the coin is now up for auction. Bids for the coin is currently at ten. I'm sorry, at a hundred thousand dollars. But another 1943 copper cent was sold by a New Jersey dealer to an anonymous buyer for 1.7 million in 2010. The proceeds of the sale went to charity. While a number of other examples have surfaced over the years, no other specimens have have been celebrated and written about as much as the remark as this remarkable coin said Heritage Auctions. This piece inspires a special pride of ownership, not equaled by any other example. This lot represents a true once in a lifetime opportunity. This is incredible. Uh, so it's been around for, you know, <laughs> 
over half a century and it's going to fetch somebody a nice a nice little bit of money so um that's that's a bit of collecting news that i wanted to bring to you that you don't that we don't talk about every day but uh coin coin collecting is part of the hobby and that guy or uh, that guy's family is going to be very happy when that thing sells all right guys first show 2019 is done Thank you for hanging out with me this week. Um, we have some good shows coming up for you in the rest of this month. Going to be tracking down a some McFarlane collectors, some Red Sox collections. Um, and if you have a super collection that you think Phil's need to be to be highlighted, let me know. Again, you can email me at ericn at beckett.com and we'll, we'll discuss it. And we can, if, if, I, if I think it's show worthy, we'll get you on the show here. And we'll talk about your super PC. This is the year of the collector. That's what I'm calling it. 2019 is the year of the collector. And I'm going to have at least one super collector on per month. That is my guarantee to you. We're going to make that happen. Uh, and I hope that you enjoy it. Again, if you want to enter that uh, Carl Edwards autograph giveaway, all you got to do is reply to the show thread uh, with your, your hobby burnout and hashtag it fat packs burnout. And you will get entered. So uh, we will give that away next week here on the show, and I hope that you, uh, who you, those of you who have listened to this, uh, will go ahead and take the time to do that. Please give us a rating and review on um, iTunes, and you can now find us on Google Play for all you Android users out there if you don't have SoundCloud. So, guys, thanks for hanging out with me this week. I really appreciate it. And until next week, just keep listening. Cue the Drake. 